0: Hey everybody, it's me, Katozaurus, and welcome back to Infinite Quest. In this week's episode, Eric and I take more questions from our listeners. If you've got a question you'd like us to answer the next time we do this, make sure to send it to us at infinitequestpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Before we begin, I've got a couple of important announcements. First, we just want to remind you that we are really close to hitting our goal of getting 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts by the end of the month. Reviewing Infinite Quest doesn't cost you anything but a couple of minutes of your time, and it really, really helps us spread the word that people are listening to Infinite Quest and they believe in what we're doing. Next, I'm very happy Video announced that Eric started an OnlyFans. <laughs> just kidding. I wanted to see if you were paying attention. But I have one, you can check it out if you want. And lastly, just a reminder that one of the best ways that you can support Infinite Quest and me and Eric is simply by letting people know that we exist. Tell your friends about the podcast, Instagram our videos, tweet our videos, Reddit our videos, Facebook our videos, I don't know, whatever you do. With that, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 19 of Infinite Quest. Transition. Um Caw-caw.
1: Caw-caw. The preacher war buttless
0: chats. Hi everybody, welcome to Infinite Quest. Today we're only making bird noises. Kakka! I can't roll my Rs, so I can't like really make a bird sound. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, fine. <laughs> Hello Eric. and welcome to episode eighteen, Katie. Katie. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode eighteen of Infinite Quest. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, Katie?
0: I was really I was like, we really committed <laughs> to the bird noises bit, Eric. Like that was a That was, that was not a supr- bit, Katie.
1: That's a that way was of a blight.
0: surprisingly long bird noise section of the Infinite <laughs> Quest podcast.
1: Uh.
0: uh we're sponsored by uh Wild Feet and 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 I don't I can't We're sponsored
1: by it. birds just <laughs> birds in general sponsor us. Just a us.
0: reminder yeah. that birds aren't real. Sponsored birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. Birds.
1: That's right. So Katie, we get this question a lot so it's not attributed to any one person because
0: I thought I, mean, I was supposed to ask the first question. I feel left out.
1: No, I'm asking the first question, oh, okay. Katie. Okay,
0: okay, well, no, you take the first question. Thanks, That's I, I
1: decided it when, when you were scrolling through all those things. <laughs> I was like, okay, I definitely <laughs> got to take the reins on this one.
0: Okay, okay, I appreciate you taking the reins. So the question is,
1: it. how do you explain ADHD to people who don't have it? Which is, I think, like a question that I spend a lot of time thinking about, and I've, I've arrived at like a million different answers. And uh, I don't know. What do you think, Katie?
0: I'm setting the timer. Okay. I think that it has a couple of different answers because it depends on your goal, right? Because I am in a unique position of like, I am now like a mental health advocate and educator. And so my goal is not necessarily to like explain ADHD to my friends and family, but explain ADHD on a level to where like we're starting like a whole conversation about it just like in the general, general, right? Um, so I have a couple of different answers, um, because when I'm explaining like what it's like to have ADHD, I can only also speak from my own experience. Now I can talk about the symptoms of ADHD. I can talk about, you know, like the DSM and what the DSM says about ADHD. Um, but the, but the example that I always use is that, you know, how you have that like crappy old laptop and you've had it in your closet for years and it still boots up. But like, it's so slow and it's so slow because like every process takes a ton of memory and every process takes a ton of RAM. That is what having ADHD is like. Your your brain computer is constantly trying to process everything that is going on all at the same time. It's like you've opened 500 different tabs and you're running Photoshop and Lightroom and all of those like really like memory heavy heavy tasks all at the same time. And so it can be really, really hard to focus. It can be really, really hard to remember stuff. But it's not because I'm not trying. It's not because I don't want to. It's not because I'm not interested in what you're saying or, you know, being a good friend. It's because my computer processor literally does not have the memory space to efficiently run those programs. That's kind of the, the analogy that I use um, most, most of the time.
1: Yeah, I think of it very similarly. Yeah, like an ADHD person's brain is is like a computer, but random files are just popping up, opening at at a given time, and new tabs are opening and other tabs are closing, and somewhere in there is what I'm actually trying to work on, which is, you know, listening to the person who's talking to me or trying to fill out the paperwork that's in front of me. And so it has nothing to do with how important or how much we care about the thing. It's just everything is is existing in this chaos of the fact that we have very little control over what's going on in our working memory at any given time, and I think the idea of what is your goal is really important because if I'm going to explain it in like a general way, just what is ADHD actually, then you can talk about dopamine and all these symptoms and the DSM, but ultimately I think if you're trying to explain to somebody what ADHD is, then you're trying to sort of explain functionally to them what it means. And I think that's a wonderful analogy. I also think um, you I I very simply say, like, imagine having a rambunctious toddler in the backseat of your car and (laughs) you're trying to drive. But in the backseat of your car, there's like a kid who's yelling about stuff and saying, hey, look at that. And look at this. Hey, can we go get ice cream? And you have to occupy that kid <laughs> so that you can focus on the road and not crash. And so you'll say, here, here's an iPad or here's a here's some keys. Jingle those around or something like that. And that keeps the kid occupied so that you can focus on the road. And so that's why an ADHD person might fidget or have to doodle or um, like a big one for me is, you know, if if somebody's just looking at me and I'm just listening to them making eye contact. That rambunctious toddler starts getting bored and it's like, oh. so I have to be looking elsewhere in order to listen to somebody because I need to be able to occupy that rambunctious toddler in the back of my head. And so, yeah, I think the idea of scope is are you are they asking what ADHD is in a, uh, a diagnostic sense, like in a neurological sense, or are you just or do they just want to know what's going on up in that cabeza of yours such that they can deal with you, you know, or hang out with you or work with you?
0: Okay, so then secondary question, because we have time. So then how do you approach like so if you're just having the conversation, like just, you know, with somebody that, you know, who doesn't understand ADHD, how then and because this is a secondary question that we get all the time, which is how do you combat this idea that like ADHD is just an excuse or Mm. you're just being a shitty friend or you're just being lazy? Um, You know, how do you approach that mindset because like that's a thing that like i have to deal with with my own mother like my mom doesn't really believe that like adhd has any bearing on like you know sleep or disorganization or that kind of thing and so you know it's just well you just never want to get up like you know like that kind of thing how do you how do you how do you combat that
1: i will generally say that well one that's a very angering question and so the first step is to, like, breathe and be like, OK, I, you know, I have this very like this mental illness that makes every moment of my life harder. And This person saying, oh, it's just an excuse so you don't have to fold your laundry. Like, <laughs> ugh. ugh. Um, and so what I try to say to them is like, hey, listen, like ADHD doesn't just make it harder to do things that I don't want to do. It doesn't just make it harder to do chores and do taxes and fill out paperwork. It also makes it much, much harder to do things that I do want to do. So watch, you know, I would say to that person, the next time you see me, st- uh, you know, st- starting to do something that you know that I like to do, painting, drawing, playing music, playing video games, anything, notice that it's also really hard for me to focus on that, like that it's really hard for me to do things that I want to do as well. Now, In, there, in most cases of ADHD, according to Thomas E. Brown, um, there, is, there is usually something that an ADHD person can focus on, like their brain just fits with it. But with all other things, like for me specifically, playing music, like I love playing music. It's a huge part of my life and my identity. But my ADHD makes it extremely difficult. And for that reason, I have a very tenuous relationship with music. And so I would try to communicate to that person that my ADHD doesn't just make it harder to do things that I don't want to do. It also makes it harder to do things that I really do want to do. Um, So that and then also just the, the quick like card that you can just pull out. Um, is there's a, a, what's called the International Consensus Statement on ADHD, which was signed by hundreds, over, or it's over a hundred, I don't want to say hundreds, but it's over a hundred um, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists from around the world who all signed this like document just saying ADHD is real. If anybody tells you that it's not real, they're fucking wrong. Like, we're scientists. We have no, we're like, we're just saying, yes, it is absolutely real. So you can keep that in your back pocket and just be like, boom, talk to these scientists, not me. Take I that. literally
0: just linked that in my TikTok bio the other day. Like I'd been oh, like, nice. oh, I need to put that in there. But then after I got attacked by that, like super shitty troll, like I, that's like the first link now in my because I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> like I was like, no, 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 no. We are not just lazy. Like, no,
1: no. Yeah. Well, so, what do you what do you say? Because I know most of the people in my life are genuinely pretty generally pretty accommodating. What do you say?
0: I mean, I think for me, like I always t- try because like my like I always find a way to shoehorn this in, but like my background is an academia, and so I get really excited about like research and that kind of thing. And so for me, like I, I always kind of feel that like I always kind of feel it as like a challenge of like education. And so hmm. like when somebody comes to me and they say, "Oh, you're just being lazy," I'm like, well, no, like, I'm not, but let's talk about like the comorbidities of ADHD. like let's talk about like the the different effects of ADHD. Um, that are not just being a rambunctious toddler in the backseat, you know, because especially for my type of ADHD uh, combined, like I have a lot of inattention, like, and, and ADHD looks so different on every person um, that that's kind of where I I start from is from a place of like, well, maybe you just don't understand ADHD, um, which is totally okay because like nobody, you know, is born into the world having a, complete and concrete understanding of of any mental illness. It has to be learned, it has to be taught, it has to be reevaluated and reunderstood as like new science is is brought to the forefront and developed. And so like also sometimes I'm just willing to walk away from a fight. Like that's also it, it was like I've sort of like acquiesced to the fact that like I think my mom is just always going to like kind of not believe me. And like that sucks and and it's hard sometimes because the questions she asks are usually geared towards like are you full of shit because I'm pretty sure that you're full of shit you know um but I I'm actually grateful that I have that experience because like I've I've processed it and I've dealt with it and all of that kind of stuff um but it's really useful to have a person that I'm so close to and I love so much in my life have that attitude because it means that when people come to me and they say, "Hey, I'm struggling with my parents, what do I do?" I can go, "I know what that feels like. I know how much that sucks. I see you, I hear you, you are valid." And here are some interesting resources that you might want to share, so I think that's kind of what I've done.
1: Yeah, I think that's really solid. I, I think it a lot of the times it might be um, in, imperative it, it might be beneficial to to explain to somebody what ADHD is functionally speaking, but I also think it's important to somewhere deep down know that it's not your job to explain it to people um it's your job to accept yourself and love yourself and so
0: that's the most important thing
1: yeah absolutely oh did we just
0: nail that one we actually like i'm really impressed with how how much we we nailed that 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 was was pretty good okay so uh actually it's really interesting that we kind of ended on that note for that question because the next question um that I totally had prepared and ready to go is from the uh very amusingly named Dula Parton which I'm obsessed with um and they wanted to know how has ADHD affected your ability to form and maintain friendships which is a very different thing than forming friendships maintaining friendships is a very interesting oh, twist yeah. on that on that question so ready set go <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. I think the 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 word maintain or maintenance makes like if if my ADHD was like a little gremlin that lives in my head, it makes the little gremlin go like ah, like run into his little <laughs> cave. Um, I think one it's it's important to, to 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 understand that friendships just generally do ebb and flow. There are going to be times when you see somebody all the time, then there are going to be times when you don't really talk for a couple months, and that's natural. Some, some friendships just do dissipate. Um, you'll be relevant in each other's lives for a while, and then you'll grow apart and do your own thing, and we'll see each other five years from now at a, you know, at, a, at a gas station in Montana or something like that. So it's important to know that relationships do have their own lives, and it's not always either of your faults. Sometimes that's just the way that it is. Um, but two, just that being said, I think it's important to understand what the other person's love language is. Um, there's this concept of love languages, um, which, in short, everybody has a, a way that they express and a way that they receive affection. Um, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation are are some of them. Um, so, understanding what communicates to that person that you care about them and care for them.
0: erica what's what's your love language?
1: What's my love language, Katie? Yeah, French. Fuck you. But so I think it's important to understand on a, on a communication level, what matters to them. Um, Another one, big one is time spent. So some people feel affection from spending time with them. Some people don't need that to, to, to understand that you love them and care for them. Um, And so understanding like, Oh, if I just say hello to this person once a week, that, maintains like that's that communicates to them that i still care for them i'm still thinking about them some people it's like oh if i if i send them like a oh hey i saw this thing online and i thought it might be useful to you so i i sent you the link or something like that or i bought you one so like acts of service um those kinds of things so understanding sort of what what how, how a person receives affection and indeed communicating to them how you receive affection Katie, you're I looking want you at me funny. You I'm think I'm really stupid? I'm really
0: impressed with how hard you dodged that question.
1: <laughs> that was good, right? That
0: was, that was really, really good. solid. I um, I don't know what mine is. That's a true story about me.
1: Hmm. I could. I have a couple guesses.
0: Uh, see, here's the thing. Um. Oh God, this is not at all answering the question, but it it is talking about a reality of living with ADHD. Is that I have been a um, just a deeply deeply traumatized people pleaser for so long that like i have no concept of like what actually makes me happy Mm. i just like because i've i've consistently like and it's something that i've really been like working on lately like once i started realizing that but i think that like is part of the reason why i struggle so much with friendships because like i like i've taken the test i've taken the test a bunch of times right and every time I've taken one of those, like, love language tests, my answer changes. Hmm. And, like, are you,
1: Katie, are you trying to please the test? Are kind you trying of. To, yeah. I mean, I, I was bit. half sarcastic, yeah.
0: But, like, but the other thing is, like, I, like, I very specifically remember a lot of it had to do with the person that I was with at the time. Because hmm. they would have a love language, and I would want to, like, like, make that person happy And so I would change the way that I naturally interact in order to keep that person happy. And like, that's not good. Like that's not a thing that you should do. Don't recommend that. But it means that like, I'm amazing at making friends. And that's one of my, my things that I'm actually like, I really take it as a point of pride. Like I'm great at making friends and there's something about my face that says please tell me your entire life story stranger at the bus stop um and that happens to me you've been there yeah when that crazy. has happened to me remember that guy at Costco
1: yeah it was the first it was within like 20 minutes of the first time we were ever physically together you <laughs> like pick me up at the airport and you're like oh let's stop by Costco and I was like okay and we got like 30 feet in Before this guy stopped us and he was like, you look just like my cousin. My cousin's name is Beverly and I was just like, oh, my God.
0: But that's the thing that like happens to me, because I feel like I don't know if like some people are like, you know, like the science behind like being an empath is very like dubious. Um, (laughs) But like, I think that I've always kind of like naturally approached like making friends with like my friends are cool, but I really struggle with maintaining them. Because the circumstances in my life change and then my relationship to how I relate to that person changes. And it's really, really hard. Like, I don't have a lot of close friends. And like, I've always been a person who struggles to stay in touch. And like, to the point where like, I've always felt a little dirty because like, I have like calendar reminders set, like, I literally have calendar reminders where it's like, hey, you haven't reached out to, you know, Kelly in a while message Kelly or like message Sarah like like these people who are really important to me in my life and I deeply love and I deeply care about but my fucking stupid piece of shit brain first off tells me constantly that nobody likes me my piece of shit brain tells me all the time that like they're not actually my friends they just feel bad for me and they're putting up with me um so I have to constantly fight that and then on top of that is like the ADHD factor of like time blindness and like oh i guess it has been six months since i messaged that person i thought it'd been a week and a half um and 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 just like the emotional permanence of friendship like is something that i really struggle with and it's really embarrassing to admit like it's really embarrassing that like i have so many people in my life that like i don't talk to anymore because i'm too embarrassed like i'm too embarrassed to like Message them three years after I fucking ghosted them because I I perceived some slight and be like, hey, so remember how I disappeared off the face of the planet? Sorry, I'm less busy now. Like, (laughs) I yeah, like friendships are something that like I I super super struggle with, and I think it's like a like for me, it's not necessarily just my ADHD. But a lot of it is like tangential to my ADHD, like the rejection, sensitive dysphoria and like the people pleasing and the just like internalized shame and guilt that I feel for having struggled with so many things for so long without understanding myself. um, That just got way more vulnerable than I thought that was going to (laughs) be. I was like, I I, I planned to make a joke about how I need to text my friend back and then I just got super real. I apologize.
1: I feel very similarly I I, in in like early high school. Interesting enough, just before I was medicated for the first time, I was like when I walked down the hallway, I was like people were high five in me and I was like, I just I could make friends with any clique of people. That's not to say that I was, quote unquote, popular. I mean, I, I guess I literally would be, but I wasn't like one of the cool kids or anything. Yeah. But I would talk about art with the art kids and talk about nerdy stuff with the nerds and I would talk about metal with the metal heads. And it was great. Um, but then I started to feel like I was manipulating them and I started to feel like, oh, I'm just really good at lying to people and pretending like I care. In fact, I'm so good at pretending like I care about stuff. I've convinced myself that I care about these things and I got like resentful at myself for that. And so I swung to the other side and I was like, okay, I'm not going to be friends with anybody unless they are my soulmate. And that's how I've been kind of since then. I mean, I enjoy. I'm. Better now, because I realized that a couple years ago, but I think it's important to understand that, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of friendships and, you know, it's, it's never too late to ask somebody, hey, how do you, what's your name again? You know, like, yeah. you know, when you know somebody and, and you've, it's, you've known them for too long now to realize, to say that you forgot their name, you know, like a new coworker <laughs> or something like that, it's always just, just ask, just ask. And so if it's been like so long that you feel bad that you haven't texted them, they would still like to hear from you. I think that's important too.
0: Yeah, we have a minute left. Do you have anything else that you want to say?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that's okay. Probably. We can we
0: can just end early. We can just have a bonus minute for another question.
1: Whoa! No, I I, I feel like I did have something. Um, uh, uh,
0: uh, well, because no, I'm I just trying. I wish I was better at friends. Like that's just because yeah. like, like I'm so good at like making friends. Because I make friends like super fast, but I just I wish I was better at keeping them.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And it just yeah, ADHD is this. Th- there's an insidious quality to ADHD where it's just sort of it touches everything. It's not mm. always obvious, but it's it's got its hand in everything. And so like emotional permanence, time blindness, ob- like quote unquote object impermanence or permanence, like. The fact that you haven't seen in somebody in like a week means they just don't exist anymore like in your head rejection
0: sensitive dysphoria oh my god anyway
1: right and so it's 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 like no one thing is so obviously because of ADHD but but it all it has its hand in everything forgive yourself love yourself love others
0: Hey everybody, you did it! Congratulations, you made it to the middle of the episode. We're really proud of you. You should have a glass of water to celebrate. Normally at this juncture, we would do a quick commercial break, but instead we wanted to take the time to let you know that the next 12-ish minutes of the episode do contain a pretty profound trigger and content warning. We got a wonderful question about self-harm and ADHD, and spoilers, since Eric and I have both dealt with it in the past, we decided it was important to talk about. We wanted to raise awareness and break the stigma and also just inform about some of the science behind self-harm and ADHD. However, we also understand that this content might not be right for everybody to listen to right now, and that's okay too. Eric is working on editing the podcast together while I record the interstitials so in a minute eric from the future is going to pop in to tell you the precise timestamp to fast forward to if you would like to skip that conversation altogether
1: hey everybody the self-harm section will end at 38 minutes 15 seconds just so you know uh, so this next one are you ready for a tone shift katie are you ready for a tonal change
0: oh boy sure I'm yeah having a rough day so we'll see how this goes yeah,
1: well, uh, so an anonymous user, um, a person, well, yeah, a person who re- asked to remain anonymous, um, wanted us to talk about uh, self harm and ADHD. Uh, hmm. And there's a number. There are a lot of different ways that these things are related. Um, people with ADHD have poor impulse control, um, which can lead a lot to one's tendency to self harm. ADHD often leads to comorbid depression. There's low low self-esteem from poor school performance. All of these things can can create sort of a perfect storm. Um, but I don't know. I, I like I don't know how much advice I guess I have. But I'm certainly willing to talk about my experience. And Katie, are you, And, and you, we've both agreed. So wow, I'm, I didn't realize that I've never really talked about this. I'm kind of stumbling right
0: now, but it's okay. Do you want me to go first? sure go for it um so i mean self-harm is tough like i literally just did a video about this today on tiktok um but one of the things that i i didn't know was how much science is being done on the like science is being done on the rates of self-harm and suicide in people with adhd Um, and like the statistics that I pulled just to answer this question are quite frankly, very startling. Um, but like the, the rate of kids and adolescents who are hospitalized due to suicide and self harm, like the rate of ADHD in those people is like four times higher. Right. Um, yeah. And like, especially women. And this is, this is where I felt very personally attacked. Um, women with combined type ADHD have the highest rate of self-harm and suicide of any other type of ADHD group so if you look yeah so if you look at like you know inattentive hyper whatever like they did specific research on combined type in women and adolescent women with combined type ADHD are far more likely to have attempted suicide usually multiple times but also out of that have depression and eating disorders engage in self-harm behaviors. And a lot of them also have, um, sexual trauma by the time that they're adolescents, because of a lot of the like risk taking and like impulse control, um, things that they deal with. Um, and I guess this is the part where I, I say this, like I am one of those people who self-harmed as a kid, um, kid, I was in high school, um, and in college and out of college, it's fine. Um, but, that is like it's it's another thing like you were talking about ADHD being insidious and i mean i can talk about it from my own experience but like the studies that are being done are ju- like it's so obvious when you when you look at what is happening is that ADHD is being missed and it's being underdiagnosed and so then you internalize this idea that you are a failure there's something wrong with you you are broken you should be ashamed you should feel guilty But because you don't have a healthy outlet for those emotions and you want a modicum of control and you want a modicum of, you know, emotional health, you take it out on yourself and you say, well, if I take it out on myself, then nobody else is going to know I don't have to bother anybody. I don't have to make it a big deal. And so we see the The rates of people who are suffering in silence, like silence with ADHD, and self harm are much, much higher, and people aren't talking about it a lot. And quite frankly, it's really hard to talk about on places like TikTok because it's like, well, you can't say self harm and you can't say suicide. And I'm like, but people need to know this. Like, people need to know that like not like refusing to get your kid diagnosed with ADHD. Like the rates of kids who don't get diagnosed early enough, like depression, eating disorder, self-harm, suicide, like all of those things, they like they they add up and and they're provable. They're quantifiably scientifically provable. And like I I have absolutely self-harm. I, fucking, I self-harmed within the month. Like I'm not proud of that. Like I'm not I'm not happy about it. I'm not excited about it. But that is, that's the uh, reality, you know, of, of living with ADHD that a lot of people aren't talking about. And I am, I lied for years about my self-harm scars. Like I have this, I think I told you the lie. I think I lied to you, Eric. Really? About like, I think I told you the lie. Have I told you the lie about the fucking Hot Topic magazine in Chris's basement?
1: I don't think so, actually.
0: Okay, well then that makes me feel slightly better. But I have, like, this very elaborate and, like, just enough details to be believable but also, like, wacky and adorable and, like, relatable. But it is a, like, scripted story that I have perfected over the years because I'm so embarrassed about my self-harm scars. Like, that. And I've never told anybody that. Like, I've never admitted that. Like, that has been my story for, like, 15 years at this point. And it's like I have it memorized. I have the whole, like, the, the spiel about, like, oh, my God, oh, silly, we were in high school. Oh. Like, no, I was fucking depressed oh, and I wanted yeah. to die.
1: You have told me that story. That yeah, I think because
0: that. I didn't know you well enough at the time, and I was scared you were going to see them. And so I preemptively told you a lie. And I'm sorry I lied to you, Eric.
1: That's all right. I just, want, I just love you and want you to be okay. That's the long and short of it.
0: So anyway, I talked for a really long time, so I'm going to give us bonus minutes for this one. But do you, do you want to talk? <laughs>
1: yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I, I of course, just want to say, like, not just, like, for the podcast or whatever, but just because you, Katie, I love you, and I, you just said all that. I just, you know, I love you, and I want you to be okay, and you deserve you, Eric. all the happiness being, in the world.
0: Thanks for being real nice to me.
1: Of course.
0: I, I like you so much.
1: <laughs> so it's the relationship between ADHD and self-harm is one of those things where... Once you learn about it, it seems so obvious. It's like it just makes so much sense. ADHD causes comorbid conditions namely ADHD or uh, namely anxiety and depression. Because if you're a kid in school and you're not diagnosed with ADHD, And you're doing poorly on tests and you can't sit still when everybody else is able to just sit there and read. You think you're stupid. You think you're wrong. You think you're bad. And so you get depressed. Or you talk a lot and blurt out stuff. And so you get anxious because you're worried that you're going to act out when you don't intend to. So all of a sudden now you have anxiety. Those things lead to instances of possibly not liking yourself very much. Also, ADHD makes impulse control something really difficult we have poor cortical inhibition our brains don't go through these checks of like do do we really want to do that that it does with neurotypical people we just tend to like act on impulses and so if you have the impulse to self harm you're way more likely to just go ahead and do it because you're just why wouldn't you you know well that's what your ADHD brain is telling you is why wouldn't you yeah um and that's exactly that's largely how it started with me um so I yes I've I have a Long history with self-harm. And uh, um, just to say, I won't get, you know, I'm not going to say specifics, but um, it started as, it started as, I just noticed that it got a rise out of people. I was looking for attention. I really liked making people laugh. I really liked, it liked entertaining people. Just in general, whether I was making them laugh or, or telling a sad story or something, I just always liked attention, basically. I still do. And I noticed that I didn't particularly care if I was experiencing physical pain for a, you know, a a period of time. If it got people to go, whoa, holy, what the hell, you know? And so when I started self-harming, it had nothing to do with depression and self-loathing. I just didn't particularly care, and it got a reaction out of people. And so, you know, there was a time—I won't won't get graphic with, like, the graphic ones, but— one of the stupider ones was uh, a, t- a teacher in like seventh grade or something was passing around a stapler so that we could staple our like these sheets of paper together. And so it was getting passed around the room. And when it got to me, I just took it and just stapled it directly into my arm and then just kept passing it along. And it hurt for a second, but it made the person next to me go, Whoa, What the fuck did you just do? And I liked that. I liked the attention. And so it was like to me, it was a low cost because. I didn't. I felt like I wasn't hurting anybody but just me, so whatever. And that just sort of opened the door to that's just an okay thing to do. I'm just hurting myself. It's my body. Fine. And so then later on, when my depression did start making me want to self-harm, I already had a precedent for that. I already had a whole relationship with it. And so it was not very hard to just switch it into now this is something I do compulsively. Um, now it's not just for attention. Now it's because, well, because I, it's 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 a compulsion. It's like, I have this, I, I resisting I mean, the it becomes, urge. it
0: becomes, like, it becomes addictive. It like, becomes that's addictive, that's part yeah. of the problem, is like, especially in ADHD brains, like, that's another component, is like, the lack of impulse. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, no, I'm no, no. scienced about it. Like, the, like, ADHD brains already deal with like, a lack of impulse control, but then also like, there is a certain dopamine rush that comes with that particular activity because you are making like it is an emotional release. And so because ADHD brains are also so predisposed to addiction that it is much, much easier to get hooked on the emotional release of self-harm and then it just becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. And that's another fucking thing is like addiction in ADHD but we, we have to oh do gosh. a separate episode about that later
1: yeah my gosh um it, it also it, it served it served and serves uh, I mean I'm it's been a couple months I suppose right on um but it's it serves as a way of quieting my brain because my brain is just running all the time darting here darting there and I feel an immense lack of control but once if uh, I just don't. I don't want to trigger anybody with by being too specific about anything. Um, but if I like have an injury, let's say, um, f- for one, there's the initial endorphin rush when it first happens, mm-hmm. and your whole body goes like, "Oh, whatever was just happening, <laughs> now it doesn't matter. Now this is happening," and that giving up of control of, "Oh, now I don't." now it's very clear to me what i need to do i'm not bouncing off the walls trying to figure out if i should be painting or drawing or doing my homework or reading that thing i said i would read or responding to friends now the answer is i need to tend to this wound that i have on my body full stop and that would quiet my brain which is another thing that was a direct response to my adhd um now, I was lucky enough to get diagnosed early on, but I didn't realize it's it's the ubiquitousness of my ADHD and how prevalent it was in every factor of my life until like this year. Um, and so looking back, it was also directly related to my ADHD. None of it was really obviously blatantly like I self-harm because I have ADHD, but it was always there. It always had its hand somewhere in all those self-harm behaviors.
0: Yeah. And, it's so insidious. Like you, I know we keep saying insidious, but like it's, it's so interconnected and it's so insidious and that's like, I don't know. Like I just, I get really frustrated about it sometimes cause I'm just like, I wish, I mean, we're doing it right now, but it's like, people don't know. They don't yeah. know that that's like part of it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm really genuinely frustrated with myself. Um, Looking I mean, back it's
0: not your fault. Well Eric.
1: Well no, well thank you. But I mean what I'm what I'm frustrated about is that I didn't understand that ADHD wasn't just a school thing. Like I was lucky enough to be diagnosed when I was fifteen, which is a very different from you who got diagnosed much later. Um but I didn't understand the gravity of it at all until like a year ago. Oh, I idea. thought it was just, oh, this is a label that they've given me because I can't do that. I can't jump through the hoops that the man, the system, wants me to jump through. So I, I just took it as sort of an insult from the people in charge. I didn't realize that it's it's a serious issue of executive function in your brain that affects every part of your life. And so I'm frustrated that I didn't understand that earlier. Um, I'm glad I understand it now, <laughs> but I, I'm really frustrated that I didn't understand that earlier.
0: That was a really good answer, Eric.
1: Yours too, sweets. Thanks. I just called you sweets. Here, I'm. I'm leaving it in. Maybe I don't
0: know. That's fine. You can call me sweets. I like it when you call me sweets. Hey, that's it. A tonal shift. (laughs) A tonal shift. Uh, wait, is it my turn to ask a question? Uh, I, I believe, yes, it is. Question four. Okay, great. Um, Okay, so we got the nearly identical question from two different people, so that means that there's probably more people who want to hear it. Um, so Ashley and Kayla would like to know, how do you remember to do small tasks? Stuff like, oh, I'm going to send you that email link, or respond to an email, or go get an oil change, pay your phone bill, like that kind of thing. Like those little... Minutia daily tasks. Like, how do you.
1: The mosquito how you, tasks. How do you do that?
0: Mosquito tasks.
1: I just want to say first off, are, are you picturing Ashley and Kayla as being like identical twins for some reason? I was reason? picturing
0: them as being like roommates. Like oh, they yeah. Were, and they were roommates.
1: And they were roommates. But also,
0: like, I'm just—I'm not gonna lie to you now. I feel like really, like, weird and vulnerable from the last question, and so I don't know how to like totally shift into like, have you considered post-it notes? Like, <laughs> just, like I feel really douchey being like, yeah, and like, here's like my like heartfelt story about like self harm, but then also like, yeah. So I set a phone reminder, like, because that—that's the—that's the, the strong. Like, I realize I'm not answering the question, but like, that is such the problem with ADHD. I think like that's that's what I get so frustrated about is like there are these like huge encompassing life problems of like my eating disorder and depression. Right. And then it's like also I I haven't gotten an oil change in two years. (laughs) like, And it's just like and it's just like there's there's so much of it feels so silly and so trivial. But then there's other parts of it where you're just like. Oh my god! Like my mental health is like constant. Like I don't know. how I don't know. It's
1: really frustrating. It's
0: so weird to think about. That it's, like it, the, you know what I mean. I, like,
1: I think it also it, <laughs> it, it it's it's to the detriment of the understanding of the overall condition too. Well, like like for example, the whole squirrel thing. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh my god! Like I'm totally an endangered squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> the,
1: well, to, oh, people are allowed to understand their own mental health, however they you know. But I so mean, to each their own. But yeah. to anybody who doesn't know, there was a scene in a movie, Up, I think it was from this movie. Yeah.
0: I just don't like being compared to a Labrador Retriever, even though I compare you to a Labrador Retriever all the time, and all now the I feel time. bad. I see all what the I did there. I, no, I'm sorry. It's
1: okay. Uh, but there's a scene in the movie, Up, who's not sponsoring this episode, where there's like this dog who like embodied, like is ADHD personified, or dogified, and there's just a scene where it's talking, and it's like talking, 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 and then it goes, squirrel, because it just sees a squirrel and has to acknowledge it and then it goes back to what it was doing and so there's this whole idea of like that's adhd is is squirrel like that kind of thing and dude like to, to a lot of people that like it helps them trivialize or not trivialize it helps them deal with the immensity of it and it helps them you know bring back down to bring it back down to earth um but to me it's like you know adhd causes you know suicide and self-harm and a bunch of awful shit and so it's
0: yeah like I shouldn't trivialize it but I think it's just like I hate it because like I'll start talking about ADHD and invariably somebody will go squirrel am I right and I'm like one in three women with ADHD have eating disorders and they've tried to kill themselves by the time they were 18 but thank you for your comment like because that's just like I like have that knowledge in my head now and I'm just like, and that's why I get frustrated because I just like, I'm, I don't know, like I need to yeah, stop talking I, I think
1: about it. it's, because I think, I think it's easy for people from the outside, people who don't have ADHD to look in and see that as being the whole thing of like, oh, I forgot where I put my keys. <laughs> but like, so, 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 but it's, it's, and that's to the detriment of like these mind, these fucking mind blowing statistics about eating disorders and self harm, particularly about women in eating disorders and women in self harm. Like it's it's to the detriment of, of the furthering of the education of those things. And that yeah, that's fucking super frustrating. Yeah. I was about to go on a whole thing about ADHD representation in media, but that was a different question that somebody else asked.
0: Did we decide to answer that one?
1: I don't think we did because
0: we can. Because I was just sitting here thinking about the fact that like the two most ADHD characters that I can think of are both Labrador Retrievers. (laughs) Doug from Up. And then Mr. Right. Peanut Butter from Bojack Horseman. Like, yeah. they're both Labrador retrievers. That's true. <laughs> and I don't know what that says about ADHD. Well, um, So it wasn't
1: on the list, but I feel like we're, we're right in the middle. Of, like, I th- well, we still of haven't
0: answered the first question. I know. I would, shit. I would point out. All right. Um, remembering what? to do small tasks. Yeah, do you what want to just got? blow through my list? Yeah, what do you got? Okay, so here is my list. Uh, keep a a list on your phone and if you're like oh but I lose lists keep a list on your phone and do like an like an auditory list like because sometimes Mm. like you lose lists because like you're bad at like writing down information or like you know losing pieces of paper or whatever figure out the system that works for you like if you need auditory like set a phone reminder or an Alexa reminder Um, like post-it notes put things like visually in places where you need it Um, The other thing is like if a task is going to take you four seconds just fucking do it and it's the hardest thing in the entire world when you have executive dysfunction but like for me the most useful thing in the history of the world was when I just started putting reminders in my calendar immediately so like I would go get an oil change and then I would immediately like while I was sitting in the waiting room of that oil change I would put in a reminder in my calendar for next and use repeating reminders like you only have to set it up once like if you forget to get your haircut which is something i do all the time like set a repeating reminder for four weeks or you know whatever like there's so many like different reminder systems but like you have to find the one that works for you and that's the thing is like i can sit here all day and tell you to use post-it notes but you use a whiteboard and that works better for you and so we just i mean we haven't released the episode yet but we have a a episode coming up about (laughs) effective systems and systems that work for you And that's the thing is like, I can give advice all day, but if it doesn't, if it's not how you synthesize and interpret information, it's fundamentally useless.
1: Yeah. I think you, oh gosh. Uh, (laughs) I just totally like bounced off the walls of my head for a second there. My gosh. Um, but I think I have, so my ones are create, create a reminder on your phone or like a to-do list on your phone. So if you have a to-do list that you're making right on your phone, then screenshot the note and set the note as your lock screen background. <laughs>
0: that That's way, really every
1: time your, your phone like, wakes up, it's immediately just the to-do list. So that one. Another one is, yeah, if it's easy, do it now. When I was working in this um, really high-level kitchen and i struggling so hard, um, my like, mentor in the kitchen just said, if it takes less than one minute, do it right now. Like, do it immediately. Um, And that's a hard thing to start doing, but it becomes a habit pretty quickly. You'd be surprised. Um, And so I'll like I have in my head just if it's easy, do it now. Like like those syllables like are said in my head. So if I'm like getting up from my desk and there's like a dirty dish on my desk, my brain wants to go like, oh, there's a dullness That's such an easy task. I'll just do it whenever. Like it doesn't even matter. It's nothing. And that's how it ends up sitting there for three months. And so I think, oh, it's so easy. I'll do it right now. And before and I like before I even have time to hesitate, I'll just start doing it and just like force your body to start doing it. And then before, you know, it, it's it's over. So that's a big one. Um, and that goes for setting reminders on your phones for like oil changes and stuff like that. Like like you were just saying, do it when you're in the oil change office, like with well, the oil change office. <laughs> like just so <how> much <laughs> I know about cars. Like, I mean, they have offices. I know, but it's not yes. the oil tins, It's the Jiffy Lube <laughs> office or whatever. Um But so if you're thinking about like, oh, I need to do that, just like set the reminder right then. Um, And so basically a big one, the theme of all of it is a video that I actually made a TikTok about today. Um, If you ever find yourself thinking, oh, I'll remember that. Just like when you think that, when you think, oh, I'll remember that. No, you will not. (laughs) like No, you won't. Write it down somewhere. And so like training my brain to have like these trigger phrases so like if I think to myself, I'll remember that. My br- it's a trigger phrase, and it causes my brain to go in this: find a piece of paper right now, or go to the whiteboard <laughs> right now, or make that phone call right that's so now. Smart. So it's like I don't. It's just if you think that thought, that's the next thing. The next one is if it's easy, do it now. And so if I see something and sort of like, oh, it's so easy. It would take ten seconds to do that. If it's easy, do it right now. Um. So also, just trying uh, to set up oh, those trigger thoughts in your head, basically
0: sorry i interrupted you i lack impulse control Well, i was gonna
1: cut it out but now i have to leave it in
0: oh that's fine uh <laughs> <laughs> no um the the other one is i was just gonna say is the most obvious thing in the entire world um but automatic bill pay has changed oh, my life and like even like and there have been specific times where like a company that i like our trash company for example doesn't technically speaking offer bill pay but after they repossessed my garbage cans for the second time which is very embarrassing as an adult um, they I called the company and I was like listen I have ADHD it's really hard for me to remember to pay my bill on time is there any way that you guys could send me like an email reminder or set me up in the system for like and they're like Oh, yeah, we got you. And so, like, sometimes solving a problem involves sitting on customer service for, like, 15 minutes, which is also in itself a special level of hell for people with ADHD. (laughs) But a lot of companies are willing to work with you because, like, they want your money and they want your business. And so, like, there there are accommodations that businesses will make with you. You just sometimes have to call and ask. And that's something that I Mm. was honestly surprised to learn.
1: Yeah, I just have to just point out real quick. Did you say trash company? Yeah. Is trash collection privatized in Georgia?
0: Yes, that's why we don't have recycling. What? Yeah, we don't have recycling because like the trash companies are all privatized and you can choose between like three or four different trash companies, but like the trash companies charge like a crazy fuck ton of money. Um like it's like a whole thing. Like yeah, it's not through the city. We don't have city trash.
1: Oh, oh my gosh, somewhere somewhere out there Rand Paul just got a raging hard on
0: uh, but yeah that's political like jokes that's, that's why like and also that's why everybody on TikTok keeps making fun of my garbage cans because it looks like they say come on the side cuz that's <laughs> the that's the um that's the garbage can company that we have it's CLM it's- but it looks like oh god cum, you can apparently. just take one
1: line and just turn it into "come." that's Not really right. funny there is in my hometown there is a, a road called flicker f-l-i you know flicker mm-hmm. and uh so if you just connected the capital l and capital <laughs> i it would say fucker oh it's amazing
0: beautiful okay uh do you want to do the next
1: question yeah um oh, oh well this is whew, all right we have 10 minutes left but i could stay i'm sure um the question was uh have you ever lost a job from adhd <laughs> I
0: I have not I've struggled with jobs because of ADHD um, I also learned very upsettingly and very much the hard way that I ca- I'm not a good classroom teacher like that was all I wanted to be was that was why I went to grad school was mm. because I, I had a full intention of graduating um, from grad school and then getting a job like teaching theater or like uh, Shakespeare like a college And I had to learn through just, I cannot stress this enough, failing at that job so miserably and so completely and so thoroughly that I was like, well, at least I know before I dedicated the rest of my life to it. Um, And so that kind of sucked when I realized that. Um, But I've never been like fired for. I've never been fired. I lost my job during the pandemic, but I still wasn't fired. They just like couldn't keep me on. So we're yeah, laid kind of, off.
1: There's a difference. Yeah, like I've How's never this? been
0: like fired. Fired.
1: That was a stepbrother's joke, by the way. <laughs> hot off, white hot, hot Super off. Super relevant. Yeah, wow. Oh my gosh. I remember Watch last out. week
0: when that movie came out.
1: <laughs> Will Ferrell is always relevant. Okay, <laughs> just saying. Um, I've never been fired from a job. From I've never been well. I quit before. I was, would get, have gotten fired, basically. So I was in this kitchen in Napa, California, that was like a crazy high-level qu- uh, kitchen, and I got the job um, just uh, off of like charisma and white privilege, um, <laughs> and uh, white male privilege. And uh, I was just getting my... I was so in over my head. I was getting my ass kicked every day. And the thing, like, high-level cooks, like, think, like, Ratatouille. Um, that High-level cooks like that they're mental superheroes like they have an immense amount of technical skill and it's incredible but the thing that was absolutely mind-boggling to me is just the amount of tasks that they could just keep in their head at any given time like they could like 30 seconds they could nail perfectly like they could just go i'll grab it in 30 seconds and then in almost exactly 30 seconds they would they can just at any given time they're just they're like That's computers I it's insane. It's been 30 (laughs) seconds, but it's actually been three
0: minutes. (laughs) Right.
1: So that's insane. And so keeping up with them, I had to develop a lot of the organization techniques that I use today um, just to try to keep up with these people. Um, And so I was uh, I mean, it was it was unhealthy. It was a really unhealthy time in my life. I mean, I was like I quit. So anyways, no matter how hard I tried, my ADHD wouldn't let me. Which is not to say like you can't be a high-level cook and have ADHD. Of course you could. But that, combined with the fact that I just wasn't skilled enough to be there, um, I couldn't I couldn't keep up. I could just barely, on my best day, I could just barely keep up. Um, and so I ended up quitting that job. I, I quit because I was so afraid of going to work. Because um, my, my, my chef at the time was a screamer. He would just publicly scream at you um, in front of everybody. Um, and... It happened multiple times a day and like I would, it was, it was insane. He would walk up to me when I was on my prep station working and he would just go, Eric, what do you think you're doing wrong right now? Or actually he wouldn't say Eric, he would say junior. Cause I was the youngest person in the kitchen. Aww. So he would say junior, what do you think you're doing wrong right now? And I would just be like sweating and going as fast as I can. I would say, I don't know chef. And he goes, huh, you really don't know. Huh? And then we just walk away. It was just brutal. But anyways, I was so afraid of going to work that one day I was, I was about to try to break my fingers so that I wouldn't have to go into work.
0: Jesus Um, Christ, Eric. And and
1: so that's when I was like, I need to quit this job right now. Like, I can't, it's not healthy because I just kept pushing myself. So anyways, um, that job I didn't, I wasn't fired, but I eventually probably would have gotten fired. But I quit that job um, because I think if I didn't have ADHD, I think I probably could have managed. But I mean, I wasn't qualified to have that job in the first place. Like, and which isn't a rebuke of myself it's just true like if somebody asked me to play in the you know london symphony orchestra i couldn't do that either um and so who's to say whether or not, if i didn't have adhd would i be, have been able to keep up it would have been easier um so i don't know if i directly lost that job for my adhd but it certainly helped and certainly helped
0: so i'm gonna do something bold so we are we helped me lose five... my job
1: sorry <laughs> not helped me with the job okay
0: Um, So we have like five minutes left and I feel like we answered that question because I think that was more of just like a us question. I feel like we've answered that. Uh So I'm going to commandeer the last five minutes to ask you this question Uh because I think this is a really cool question uh, that I want to read out loud. Um, so Katrina wanted to know, how do you talk yourself out of making rash impulse decisions? Um, and that came specifically out of the video that I had made the other day where I was talking about how I really want to get like a full sleeve tattoo. And I told the story (laughs) of my bad shitty impulse decision tattoo. Um, so how do you, how do you talk yourself out of impulse uh, decisions, Eric?
1: I usually don't frankly i mean the brutal
0: honesty of that yeah i mean i
1: usually don't i don't want to pretend like i'm some paradigm of success um is that i I hope that phrase made sense um i mean on the off chance that i do the hardest part is noticing that you're being rash because it's like you have to observe yourself and that's hard like if you're the one being rash then how do you notice it's difficult as fuck but i would say just hesitate more when it comes to making decisions just like manually hesitate be like wait really i don't know how do you do it
0: um well it depends on on what it is um because like I have a big like impulse spending problem Mm. like I spent too much money this month because I was very sad um and so one of the things that I've tried to do is like if I'm like really like oh I want this thing like I want this thing and I want this thing now because that's the thing that my brain does is I go oh you should buy this dress because you could make a tiktok or like whatever um I'll leave it in my cart for 24 hours. Like Mm. that is something that I'll do is like, I've started kind of trying to be better and like training myself that way. Um, With tattoos, I have a strategy. Um, Mm. And because after like you, like you really have to learn the lesson of getting a deeply regrettable tattoo before you like really learn how to deal with it. Like after that. But for me, what I do is if I get it, if I have an idea for a tattoo, I, set up a calendar reminder and the first reminder is for six months and then the second calendar reminder is for 12 months like after that date like I'll go oh I should get that as a tattoo so I immediately get out my phone I put it in my calendar and then six months go by and then six months after the day that I've completely forgotten I look at that I go do I still want that tattoo and then I go okay or whatever And then 12 months goes by, a year to the day, my phone goes off and I go, huh, do I still want that tattoo? And so that is why I am very, very happy with all of the tattoos that I have now, because I quantifiably knew that I wanted every single one of them for at least a year.
1: Nice. That's rock solid. That actually, that reminds me, I I actually do have one little strategy that works sometimes. At the end of the day, you have to, you have to have some self can, you have to will yourself to not do the thing. Um, but when I like my big thing is, is ordering takeout. Like, if I'm really sad one night or I'm having a bad, like, I'll just impulsively buy or like $60 worth of sushi or something. Um, but uh, what I do is I think if somebody paid me $60 to not get sushi right now, would I take that money? <laughs> Absolutely, I would take that money. Well, it's exactly the same thing. I would have $60 more if I didn't order sushi than if I did. It's exactly the same thing. And so if it's a monetary thing, I think if somebody paid me the cost of that dress to not get that dress, would I take the money? Yes, I absolutely would. Well, perhaps the answer is yes. Perhaps the answer is no.
0: That's a really good strategy. Yeah. I also, Um,
1: well, well, I do it when I, when, when going home from work early, like if somebody's going to send somebody home, you know, if you're making, you know, 10 bucks an hour and somebody says, Hey, do you want to go home two hours early? It's like, well, would you pay $20 to go home right now? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the answer is yes, but
0: I also like i i I've, I've found like um like healthy replacements for like quite a few activities that are uh, surrounded. Uh, by impulse control because like one of the big things is like I am bulimic and so I struggle with like binging and purging and so one of the things that I started doing was like I keep a ton of fruit around my house mm. because having fruit around like especially like watermelon and like like where you can just eat a shit ton of watermelon and it doesn't really matter um, I do that because then like if I'm like impulsively like I need to eat I need to binge I need to like do something then I'm not like pounding an entire chocolate cake which is something mm. that like i will do if i'm not treating myself kindly mm. and so keeping like healthy alternatives around the house is like it's challenging because then you have to remember like go to the grocery store and get fresh fruit and like then it's a whole fucking thing but i feel like the investment and the hassle of like keeping my body safer than i would be if i'm just like eating and purging an entire cake um, is worth the investment of like remembering to have to buy clementines and watermelons sometimes.
1: Yeah. Totally. Well, I believe that's all the time we have. Kadiosaurus.
0: Yeah yes, hey good. <laughs>
1: that, was
0: that was like a, 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 that was, r- you've never done it like that before. I've never and done was <laughs> that was really <laughs> weird and I hated it. <laughs> I was trying to Well, one. that's all the time we have. <laughs>
1: Like a I'm like a disc jockey. I wanna have we should like, start having sound like effects. Morning
0: DJs stuff yeah. now? DJs. Like, well everyone
1: well, well, come on up? down to little
0: Fartin' the sh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fart in the shower. This is Moose and the Raptor coming at you live. It's <laughs> not it's <laughs> not live.
0: I was trying to figure out what our like our like DJ names Moose and like. the Raptor. It's it is Moose and the Raptor. Moose they named and the us Raptor. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah we were. Well, named. this has been Moose and the Raptor. Thanks for listening to Infinite Quest.
1: Jesus Christ. How
0: do morning shock jock DJs live with themselves? Cocaine, Katie. Cocaine. And that's it for another episode of Infinite Quest. As always, from me and from Eric, thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for believing in us. And thank you for being part of the Infinite Quest family. Before we go, we just wanna give a shout out to our newest Patreon subscribers. So thank you to Claire and Gabrielle and Ben and Mariah and Kate and Rebecca and Connie and Ashley. Thank you all so much for your support. We are so grateful for your belief in Infinite Quest. And if you're sitting at home and you're interested in supporting Infinite Quest, you can do so by checking out patreon.com infinitequest Until next week, thank you all so much. Remember to be kind to yourself. Remember to drink some water and remember that we love you. everybody. It's me, Katie And we just wanted to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Honey Playbox. What is Honey Playbox, you might ask? Well, I'm going to give it to you straight. They sell sex toys. But here's the thing. Honey Playbox believes that pleasure, play, health, and accessibility are necessary for positive experiences of sexuality. And you know what? Here at Infinite Quest, we agree, especially in conversation with how tough sex and sexy times can be when you're struggling with ADHD or depression or any sort of neurodivergency. Having open, honest conversations about sex and sexuality are really, really important to us, and our friends at Honey Playbox agree. And not only do our friends at Honey Playbox agree with that, uh, they also want you to save a little bit of money while you're having these conversations and exploring sexuality and what works and doesn't work for you. So they've hooked us up with a 20% off discount code. From now until the end of March, use code INFINITEQUEST to get 20% off your order. That's like honestly not a bad deal, you guys. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Also, just because I think this is very funny, Honey Playbox was kind enough to send over just a ludicrous amount of stuff for me and Eric to look at and talk about. So in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see some content over on the YouTube. And we're also going to talk more just about sex toys and how they can help uh, your ADHD relationships. So we will uh, be posting that content soon. So you have that to look forward to. So again, use code infinite quest. If you want 20% off your order over at honey Playbox, and and uh, have, have fun. O- okay. Bye.